Mem Gimel Amud at the new Mishnah, about 55% of the way down the Amud, short Mishnah. It says the Mishnah, It's two big no-nos. If you are a Jew and you own a Eved, if you sell that Eved to a Gentile or even to a Jew, but in Chutzaretz, Yotza ben Chayrin. The uh, Eved goes free, like if the Eved escapes from the Eved Kaychavim, um, the Jewish master cannot re-enslave him, or uh, Bastin will force this person to actually like pay up, as we'll see a little bit later, uh, to free, to redeem the Eved. Um, and the issue is over here, it's basically a Knas Chachamim, that the rabbis imposed um, because the master is essentially selling the slave into a life of uh, not serious mitzvah observance. Um, even if he sells the slave to a Jew who lives in Chutzlaretz, though, there's a big no-no that you're not it, it, for uh, you can't really leave uh, Eretz Yisrael to Chutzlaretz. Um, and that is the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Tan Rabban, we have a Bryce that goes for three lines. Maybe three and a half lines. The Evid goes free. And the original owner has to write out against Shikhor to make this slave totally uh, free, meaning that he could marry a uh, Jewish girl now. Amr of Shem Gamliel, I inline his name, but Medvar Mamurim, when is that? Shlaikas of Alav. Oh no, that is when the master had not previously written out a oh no. It's a type of star. We'll see exactly what the um, what the words of that star are. But if the master had written a oh no for his slave, that counts as his full-fledged emancipation. He's totally free. That is the end of the bright My Oh no, question mark. What is an oh no? Amrav Sheshes, de kosav lehachi, the following was written out by the master to the slave, um, when you escape from uh, that Gentile that I'm selling you to, I have absolutely no dealings with you. Uh, it's basically ineffective. Get Tanurabanan, we have a price that goes almost two lines, starts here. Let's say you have a uh, Jew uh, who needed to borrow money. Lava Alabinavikovim. So he borrowed a thousand dollars from Skeeter, the Gentile, uh, using the Evid as collateral. Kama Kevin Shasalai Once the Gentile has done his Nemusai literally means like his what was it? it says Lakamam Nafarsh and the Rashi, but is his way or his custom, Yatsalakhiros, the Evid goes free. That's the end of the Tanaic source. My Nemusai, the Gemara wants to know what what is this thing that the Avid Khavim did? Amravhunabar Yehuda Nashki. Nashki is a type of uh, seal or signet ring, which actually they would have a chain that they would put around their slaves' necks to indicate that they almost like a dog chain that has an owner. So it would be a chain, and it would have a uh, uh, like a signet or some sort of sign that he was a evident who his master was, etc. Masiv Rav Sheshish. Rav Sheshish brings the following three lines in sources. A question on this. The Tanaic source starts here. Uh, it says there's a whole list of uh, possible deals here. Uh, between, let's say, Jews and Gentiles. Let's say you have a Gentile landowner in Israel. Now, this is going according to the opinion that a guy who owns land in Eretz Yisroel, the produce that he grows, is not Chayavin Truman Meiser. 
That's actually Machlokas, but this Tanaic uh, uh, source is going, according to the opinion, says there's no chiv. In other words, yesh kinyin, loivet kechavim, there is such a thing as a Gentile being able to acquire land in Israel that would remove it from the chiv meiser. So, let's say we have a Jewish aris as a sharecropper who agrees that, let's say, he'll work the land, he'll get half of uh, half or a third or a fourth or whatever it is if the produce has his salary or chakirais, is he accepts upon himself that he will work the Gentile's land and he has to pay, let's say, a certain um, I don't know, 27 barrels of uh, of wheat or barley or soybeans or whatever it is he's uh, growing. And Arise Batyavis, this has been going on for generations, Jewish sharecroppers for uh, Gentile um, landowners in Israel, Vaivid Kechavim. Shemashkin Sadeli Israel, or for that matter, a guy who made a, his field into a mashkon for a Jew. In those cases, Afalpi, even though She. That the Jew has done for the guy nemusoi like his way, like his minhag, petura um, The produce that's grown will still be putter, uh, not have to take meiser from it. Now, why are we bringing this in? Because we had said right before the price that nemuso is some sort of seal or ring or identification thing you wear around your neck as a chain. What does it mean that you put like a chain around the field? Of, that doesn't make any sense. El Amr of Sheshes, Nemusa means something else. Not Nashi, but rather Zman. Was there a uh, clause in the deal? If I don't pay you back by like, let's say, August 1st, then it'll be yours. Was that written in? In other words, a time limit that if the uh, loan is not paid back, then the uh, collateral will be collected. Well, then, kasha, zman, azman. Because when it comes to an evid, it's considered a mechira. When it comes to a field, it's not considered a mechira. Well, like kasha, there's no difficulty there. Hadamat azmane, hadamat azmane. That's next source talking about the evid is where the time had already arrived. And since the time arrived and the loan wasn't paid back, that's why the uh, evid will go free. Whereas ha, in the case of the field, deloymat azmane, the time has not yet arrived. So then one second here. Elagabe Evid asked the Gemara. Demata's money, you said in the case of the Evid, the Tanaic source that was talking about an Evid. The time had already come, had already passed. Sri Khalameimar, if you have a deal and you borrow a thousand dollars from the guy, and if you don't pay up by August first, the slave that you own becomes the guy's, then August first came and went. You have to even tell me that? Like that would be Pashad, obviously. Ella, it can't be that Pashad. He's squiggling on the Ella. Ella and we have really uh, two approaches. Uh, number one over here, I put a number one above the word Eddie. And on the top line of Mimdalad and if I squeal under on the E by same and then put a number two on that. So two approaches. Either EDVED, both of the Bryces, both by the slave and the other one by the field. Deloimat Tasmani is where the time has not yet arrived. So let's say it was August 1st, but we're still in July. The Loikasha, then why the difference in Psak? Because Halagufa, Halapira. The case is talking about the Eved is Legufa. You said a, um, let's say August 1st, that if the money isn't paid back by that time, then you get the Eved, like the goof of the Eved, in which case, since you get the goof of the Eved, then it's almost like the Eved is Meshuba to you even beforehand. Whereas Ha, you're not going to get the feel. That wasn't the way it was, uh, the deal was uh, um, worded, rather Lepira. The if I don't pay back, if the person who borrowed the thousand dollars doesn't pay it back in time, then a thousand dollars worth of payros will be gotten from the field, not the field itself. E by Sema. Alternatively, 
a second shot um, as to the difference between the case of the Evid and the case of the Sada. It's where he lent him on the condition to take a mashkin, but he didn't. And Rashi explains like this. Let's see the Rashi inside, top Rashi. Ha-de-sada. I put a double underline on Sada, the case of the field. The Gentile barred from the Jew Manashi Imloy Ephraim's bond plane that if he doesn't pay back, but let's say August first, Bo Mimashkani Mikarka Zuvateshha, you can get this land. Hadiktani, well then that which it said, three words in right angles, Petur Mina Meiser, what does that mean? Kolzban Shalai Ba Yisrael Mishkanai, as long as the Jew hasn't come and taken it. Dafak of the Matazmane, even if the time already came and went, if the Jew didn't yet come and take it, the guy's had it for 20 years, it's still considered his, even though the date has come, and even if the Jew continues to take some sort of like um, percentage of the payrolls, it'll be positive for Meiser. That's by the Sada. In this type of case, there's a special knas. Again, made that by the Rabbanon against Jews. Even though the guys had taken the Evet, there's a Kanas Hoyil, like why did the Jew let August 1st come and go without paying back? Even if the guy hasn't yet collected the Evet, still their Kanas is in place. Back in the Gemara, second line, Tanara Banan, we have a one line Brysa. If a, um, Gentile takes the Evid because he was owed money, or Sikrikain uh, are times that Yisroel, uh, the Jewish people, are treated very poorly. The Gentiles basically could kill them. And uh, a um, one of these like real rough Gentiles comes, and the Jew says, just, no, 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 just take my land or take my Evid and, and let me be. In those cases, the um, slave will not go free. Basically, the Jew is totally honest, totally on his control, and there's no reason to put the kanas on. Asks the Gomorrah, really? So if the slave is collected to pay off the debt of the uh, Jew, that the, the slave won't go free? Uramini, we have a Tanaic source, just under two lines that seems to indicate otherwise. It says like this, Let's say the um, the Gentile uh, authorities uh, force uh, somebody give up their um, uh, granary. If it's because he owed money, he didn't pay up that money, then fine, he would be chayev to take Meiser from that granary. So let's say there were like 100 units he'd have to, from his own stuff, uh, separate whatever he'd had to separate out uh, for Meiser from that granary. Kama. If it was Ampuros, which... Uh, Rashi just calls a hefzid. Basically, it was taken as a loss to the Jew. Like, he might have even owed money, $100, but they took $500 um, a granary. Then it would be the additional on top of whatever it was that he owed that they took. The Jew would not have to take uh, Meisters to cover that. That's the end of the Tanaic source. Um, it seems like if it was taken Bechov, that there would be a Chiyuv. Answers the Gemara. No, that Tanaic source we just finished is different. Shiny Hasam Dekamishtarshi Lay. Basically, he owed money, and that which the Gentile authorities are collecting this uh, uh, granary is going to get his debt paid off, and therefore since he mishtarshi profited through that, that's why he still has the chiyuv meisras. Tashma, we have a question now, come in here, not a tenek source, but rather, da'amar rav. Ha'moycha rav do'ile 
parhang even kachavim. If a person sold their uh, eved, a Jew sold their eved to a, a Gentile blackmailer, yotzel the uh, eved goes free. Now, why should that be again? Isn't that essentially um, uh, something beyond his control? He was forced. Well. Um, no, because the case there we understand to actually mean Hasam Havila the pious. When the blackmailing uh, Gentile came to blackmail the Jew, he should have appeased him uh, in some other way and um, instead willingly gave over his Eved to the Parhang. Period. Gufa. Amarav the Parhang, My So now the Gemara is a very practical question. Like, well, what should he have done? Havila the pious, for pious. He should have appeased the uh, blackmailing Gentile, and he didn't. Period. Okay, you're not allowed to sell a slave. Let's say you have a Jew who owns a Eved, and he sells the Eved to the guy, but for 30 days. Okay, and after 30 days are up, the Eved uh, will come back to the Jew. What do we say over there? Is that like selling to a guy or not? Uh, essentially, does the Jew then have to free the slave or not? Tashma, Dama Rav, that which Rav said, Now, the Havamina here that we're going to go into this with is that when you give it to the Parangai, you're giving him, why would you be giving your Evid? Because maybe the king needs some workers, I don't know, for the next month to fix the potholes in, in, in the road. And uh, then he's going to come back. And yet still, we, we said, that would answer the question that if you uh, sold, we call it maybe even long-term leased your Evid to a guy, you would yes, have to free him. The Gemara answers, no, that doesn't clarify the issue. Probably what we did think in the first place, but no, it's not where the Gentile authorities are taking the Evid to work for a certain period of time. They're basically taking him forever. Period. Here's a whole series of questions now. Uh, six, seven questions. We'll answer a few of them at least. Let's say you sell, uh, you have a Jewish slave owner, he sells his Evid uh, Kanani, uh, except for his work. In other words, he sells the Guf. Almost like uh, maybe this uh, fine-trapping young example of a male slave would be able to impregnate female slaves and make baby slaves, but uh, he himself won't work. Is that considered like selling the slave? Or chutzmina mitzvah Let's say he sells a slave except for uh, the mitzvahs that he does. Or maybe chutzmina shabbat him That, yeah, he can work for you, uh, Skeeter, uh, Mr. Goy. However, uh, from Friday afternoon till Saturday night, uh, no working. How about that? How about the Ger Toishev? He doesn't sell to a full-fledged guy, but to a resident uh, Ger, like a guy who has uh, lives in Israel, keeps the Shabbat they know up, but nothing else. Or the Israel Mumar. How about he sells to a full-fledged Jew, but the guy is like a, a total... Uh, uh, rebellious, doesn't keep the uh, mitzvahs, uh, he's, he, uh, he's given up the religion, how about that? Lekusima, what about selling to a Kuthian? So, a whole bunch of questions, the Gemara says, Pshait Miha let us at least conclude one of the questions, maybe a few more, the Tanaic source goes to the end of the line, Ger Toishav, as far as this is concerned, a resident convert who lives in Israel is actually like an Avikhavim, you cannot sell your slave to them, if you did, you would have to free the slave. Akusi, which we'd also asked about. Any Israel Mumar? Well, colon, two opinions. Amrilar, those who say, selling to one of those is like selling to a guy. For Amrilar, and then those who say, Israel is like selling to a Jew. Imagine you have a slave who purposely has himself fall into captivity of um, 
bandits or Gentiles. The reality of the situation is that his master would not be able to get him back, not using the Jewish court system, not using the Gentile court system. How about at the end of the day, if the Goyim, they refuse to give the Evid back, but they are willing to give some sort of cash renumeration. So uh, would the Jew be able to take at or not? So that was the question that was asked of Rabbi Ami. Maybe people knew about it. And Rabbi Yirmiya um, assigns Rabbi Zrika like a uh, pre-psak analysis. Please look into this. Uh, do your research and see what the din should be. So says Rabbi Yirmiya to Rabbi Zrika, poke, ayin b'mechilteich. Literally, uh, go out, ayin, and look into, analyze all of your memorized, uh, you know, I don't know, every single Bryson Mish that you know. Scan through it and see if there's anything that could shed light on this issue. So that's what uh, Rabbi Zrika did. Nafak, he went out, duck, he was meduyak and went over everything that he had. Va'ashlach and found the following Desanya Bryce that goes for about five and a half lines and starts here. Now, it's not talking about selling a... Uh, a slave here, but it is talking about selling a house, and you're actually not allowed to sell your house or land to a uh, guy uh, in, in Israel if you have a land. So, Hamaycher uh, Beisai, someone who sells their house, uh, the dam of Arasurin, the money is actually forbidden. Uh, the Pasuk says, Lo name, which we darshan to mean, do not give them any foothold in the land. No, no land, as you can't sell any land or uh, things that are attached to land if you are a Jew to a guy in uh, Israel. Let's say that you have a very um, tough guy. He's like in with the mafia. Uh, he forces away a base of a Jew. And the rightful owner is not able to uh, get it back. Not through Jewish courts. Not through Gentile courts. It would be permissible for the Jew to take the money that's being offered to him uh, from the guy. Kama. Not only that, the Jew himself can write out umale the arkoishalhen and process the sale contract through the Gentile courts. Because essentially, like he's going to lose his house anyway. So at least he gets the money. He's saving at least the money from uh, Gentile ownership. That's the end of a very long snake source. Kama connector. Now, can you conclude something from the snake source about our question with the Eva that was forced away from a Jew that or not? Dilma will have like an A O Dilma B. So maybe you could say A. Hanimili bias. When is it allowed to take the money? That's a house. To cave into Lysangile below bias, because bottom line, this person just got thrown out of the house. He needs a house. He needs the money to be able to buy another house. Loasilizvune. And therefore, he's also not going to sell his own house. So since he doesn't, most people have one house. Uh, he needs his house. He's not going to sell his house. Aval Avda, when you have a person who has a slave, Desangile below Avda. It's much easier to imagine living without the slave than it is living with a house. Maybe Asilis Vune, and maybe you can't conclude anything about selling an Evid from the selling of the house. Although, or maybe not, maybe the money from the sale of the Evid would be permissible. So, Shalach Luhu Rebiami. Rebiami sent those who had asked the question, underline his name. Mini from I, Ami Bar Nathan. Torah Yisrael. The proper approach is going out to all the Jews. The following, um, basically, four-line psak. If there's a slave who is um, causing himself to be kidnapped by Gentile uh, bandits, 
Ve'en Rabbi Yochel and his rightful master is unable to get him out, not using Bedina Yisrael Jewish courts, of the Chavim, not in Gentile court system. Mutter Litzel Esdamav, it is permissible for the Jew to take whatever financial remuneration is being offered to him, basically the money that they're offering him for the slave that they force away from him, the Kaisev, and he, the Jew, can write out a contract to Mala and process it through the Arkois, the Gentile courts, of the Chavim, He's basically saving himself what otherwise would be a dead loss, period. We have uh, two Lashaynas of the following uh, Gemara. Both are uh, Rav Shub and Levi. So I'm Rav Shub and Levi. Underline the name, I put a number one in the margin. And about six lines later, first words in the line are I'm Rav Shub and Levi. I again underline Rav Shub and Levi over there and put a number two in the margin. So here's Lashon number one. I'm Rav Shub and Levi. If a Jew is not supposed to do this, he sells his, uh, his slave to a guy. Kainsin Isai, we, the Jewish court system, will force that person as a knas to have to pay up to 100 times his value on Mea Bedamov to redeem the Evet. Okay, when we say 100, ask the Gemara now, is that Dafka like literally 100? Olav Dafka, that mean 100, maybe many times, but not 100. So, Tashma, come in here. The following, not a tenik source, but rather something reish lakish, adam reish lakish, hamoicher behemagas, another thing you're really not supposed to do, but if the person did it and sold his, let's say, cow to an oivid koychavim, koinsin oisai ad eser bedamav, that we constant him, not a hundred times, ten times. Now, you're not supposed to sell large animals like beasts of burden to goyim, because then you might come to... Uh... uh yeah, you might come to use it, or you might come to sell it, and that would be a problem, maybe your Shabbos. Either way, whatever the reason is, you're not allowed to do it, and we, the rabbis will enforce up to paying up to 10 times its value, which seems like the 100 times uh, that we mentioned before would be lot That's not really 100 times. The Gemara says, no, maybe it is 100 times, even though by animal it's 10 times, could be by um, uh, uh, slaves it's 100 times, Vidil Mashani Eved, why? Evan's a human being. And Evan is a human being who had a quasi-Jewish status and was keeping mitzvahs previously. You are um, taking that Evan's ability to properly do mitzvahs away. And therefore, maybe it is Dafka that they would enforce up to a 100 times the value of the Evan to have to uh, make the master purchase the Evan back. The Igadamri, alternatively, I squeal on the Igadamri. This is the second Lashon Rim Shum Levi. One who sells their slave to a Gentile. We will uh, make this person have to pay, this is for the um, uh, Eved, 10 times his value. Okay? Now we ask a similar question. Now, previously in the first lesson, we said 100 times. Here we're saying Eved 10 times. The Gemara now asks, is that Dafka or Lav Dafka? Does that mean like 10 times? But no more, or maybe even like, I don't know, 11, 12, 13 times? Well, Tashma, come in here, another similar case, another thing you're not supposed to do, sell your large animals to Goyim. Um, if you did that, and what do we say over there? That we will make the person pay up to 100 times the value of that uh, cow to a person back from the... Uh, Gentile, which would mean that the ten times is uh, loved off, because we see pay much more. What it says, approach number one, I put a Roman numeral one in the margin. Two lines later, I put a Roman numeral two. So approach Roman numeral one is, no, shiny Evid. By an Evid, it's different. Delay Hadar lay. By an Evid, when a Jew redeems the Evid, he doesn't get the Evid back. The Evid goes free. We know that already from the last few days, as opposed to the cow, 
which she does get the cow back. Um, so one second, now we ask a question. Ella, behema taimamai. Well, then what's the reason why uh, you have to pay more for the behema? Mishum dehadrele, because you get the animal back. Well, if that's the case, liknasei tfei chad. It makes sense. Let's say you have to pay 10 times to get the avid back. And the reason there's a difference in the halacha, they have to pay more for the uh, animals because the animal back. So then you should have to pay also up to 10 times plus another one times for the value of the animal itself. That's what makes sense. Ella is squiggling on the Ella. This is a second approach. Eved, a person selling his slave, is a milsa shricha, something that is very uncommon, as we know as a general rule. The Rabbanan do not make their gzeras, their decrees, on uncommon cases. And the uh, things which are uncommon, the Rabbanan do not uh, make their gzeras to that extreme, period. Boy, me, Rabbi Yirmiya, me, Rabbi Asi, the following question. Let's say a um, Jewish slave owner sold the uh, slave that he had to a guy, Umais, and then that Jewish, he was the slave owner up until you know, a little while ago, then he dropped dead. Since that slave probably would have been inherited, and truth is the whole estate is being inherited, whatever is left by the sons, do we consent the sons to redeem that slave uh, or not? Well... We have an imtim tzilaymer. I vectored this imtim tzilaymer, and the first three words that I'm at base are another imtim tzilaymer. Imtim tzilaymer. If you want to say in another sort of similar case, if you have a kohen, a kohen gets a uh, firstborn animal, can't do much with it, um, especially these days, uh, until uh, it gets a mum. Therefore, since that which is keeping the uh, Kohen back from able to get a benefit from the Bechor is its lack of a mum, we are very strict if a Kohen puts a little mum on the uh, animal. For that matter, uh, anything that could even possibly remotely be a mum. So it's Saram Aizen Bechor. Let's say you have a Kohen. He has a uh, firstborn animal. He put a little nick in the ear to make it like a Bal Mum so that he'd be able to eat it. But then Umais, he died. And his uh, children, who by definition are Kohanim, uh, probably, Kansu B'nai Acharav. So uh, his children who get this animal, and now they didn't do anything wrong, but they have this uh, blemished uh, firstborn animal. Kansu Acharav Mishum Di Isura Da Araisahu. That could be that we give a Kanas to the next generation because um, putting a mum in a firstborn animal, uh, going to do that is actually Nisr Daraisa. Aval Hacha, it's only an Isra Darabanan. Selling the uh, guy, um, it, it, excuse me, selling the uh, Evid to a guy is only a Isr Darabanan. So maybe that wouldn't be the same din. And from another perspective, you to learn, even if you want to say, here's another similar case. Imagine you're not supposed to actually. Um, uh, leave work specifically to be done on uh, Chalamoid. Like, technically, you can do work on Chalamoid if it's something that'll be a dead loss, but you can't, like, schedule work to be done, certainly on Chalamoid, or even to start before Chalamoid, knowing that you'd have to continue to work on Chalamoid. So, Vim Jim Sileimar, in a case of Kivein Malachtoi Bemoyed, Umais, let's say you have a person who did that. He specifically had it so that they'd have to be working on Cholomoed when he could have done otherwise. And uh, we consent him in that case. But let's say in, uh, what happened, this guy, Umais, he died. The son who inherits uh, those uh, 
um, assets, so things that the father was working on, you would not constant him, and, and maybe you would want to answer because of that. Well, no, the reason there is because of something else. Mishum Delayavadi Surah, there the son didn't do anything, sir, and truth is the father didn't do anything, sir. Hachamai. Over here, though, what would we say? Ladidei Kansra Banan, Vahalesa, the father who. Uh, sold the uh, slave to a guy. He did something wrong, but he's not around anymore. Odilma, when the kanas was made by the rabbana, it was more not so much on the person, but on the estate or the assets of the person, the mamoyne kansu rabbanan. And what happened to that estate when the person died? It got inherited by his son, so the estate would still have to be kansen vahaise. That is the question that was asked by uh, Rabbi Yirmiya to Ravasi. So, Amar Le Ravasi says back, uh, well, maybe we can conclude that from the following Tanaic source. Tani Suwa uh, goes for two lines. I box it off. says like this, uh, you're not supposed to uh, work your field during the Shemitah year in Israel. Let's say you um, remove the thorns from the field to make it nicer. Now, that's not really like Derais Asra on Shemitah. Uh, may, probably shouldn't be doing it, but Sadashin is Kapsabishvis. You have a person who owns the field and he uh, dethorns it, uh, takes all the thorns away on uh, Shemitah year. Uh, is there a Kanas uh, in place or can he like plant his field right away after Shemitah? Yeah, Tisra Lamasishvis, he can plant that field uh, right after the Shemitah year is finished. Kama. However, if what he did. Um, during the Shemitah year was actually like a Daraisis, or either Netaiva or Nedaira. He uh, fertilized uh, the whole field using like, you know, official fertilizing wagons and things, or Nedaira. He just uh, corralled, I don't know, three, four hundred animals in and had them make their poo throughout the uh, season, which certainly is a natural fertilizer. Lotis or the Moisishvis. That person would not be allowed to plant the field right after Shemitah. That's the end of the Tanaic source. Connector, Vamar of Yosef Rebchanina, Naktinan. Let's say this person who did something wrong, he uh, fertilized the field. Hetiva, he fertilized his field, and then Mace, he dropped dead. Now his son will inherit that field. What do we say? His son, even though the father would not be allowed to plant the, that field, his son can, yes, is allowed to, Benoi Zaira, Alma, seems pretty clear from this, if we want to use the same principle, Ledidei Kans Rabbanu, when the Rabbanu make this type of kanas for doing something wrong, it's to the person himself who did it wrong, Librei Le Kans Rabbanu, but that kanas does not follow to the next generation if it had not been uh, paid out when the sinning generation uh, passed on, period. Amrabai Naktinan, we have as a tradition, Timei Tarashel Haver, let's say uh, my friend has something that he's keeping tahor, and I purposely go and metama it, and not say me, and 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 uh, Chuck goes and he's metama it. He chucks a uh, you know a dead creepy crawly lizard on top of it, making a tame. Umais, and then he dies. Loikons The rabbanan did not say that Chuck's uh, heirs who uh, inherit him have to pay uh, for that. My taima. Why is that? Because uh, what he did anyway is a Hezek Shainer Nicker. You can't see any discernible difference in it. It's more like a halachic status that changed. And we know that a Hezek, a damage is Shainer Nicker that are not physically discernible. Lo Shmei Hezek are not considered damages. And Knasa de Rabbanan, the whole thing anyway, I underline de Rabbanan is only a Knasa de Rabbanan has to pay. And therefore, when the rabbis institute this uh, requirement to pay, Ladidei Kansu Rabbanan, the person himself, the sinner, is the one that has to um, pay up the kanas, lebrei, but if the sinner is no longer around, and rather it's his son, loka, kansu rabbanan, the rabbanan, did not consent. 
Mishra continued and said, or if somebody sold their slave uh, to Chutzar, sold the Chutzar, Tan Rabbanam. If a Brisa that goes, almost five lines uh, starts over here. A person who sells his slave to Chutzarts, even to another Jew in Chutzarts, Yatzalacheris, the slave goes free. Now, since the Rabbi Shane is a Jew, he owns a slave, the emancipation document has to come from the second Rabbi, in other words, the Rabbi who is in Chutzarts. Kamar Shimagam Liel, who we boxed, Oimer. Well, actually, it depends. Palmim Yotsu, Palmim Lo Sometimes he goes free, sometimes he doesn't. Kate said, how so? So two uh, possibilities. Amar, if you have, and like I guess part of the deal written into the contract was that the uh, seller, the Jewish seller of this slave, says, uh, uh, My slave Leroy, I hereby sold to uh, Plony Antuchi, like uh, Bob, uh, the Angelino, or Bob the New Yorker, or Bob the uh, from London, um, that implies very clearly that all you're doing in describing Bob as the from the place, let's say the Angelino, is that he was born in Los Angeles. Now, it doesn't imply that he necessarily was born there and lives there, and therefore, lo yotza, squiggle around lo yotza, in that case, the slave will not go free. However, if the way the uh, contract was worded in the sale uh, was La Antuchi Sheba Antuchi, I'm selling it to the Angelino who is in Los Angeles, then Yatsa, then the slave would go free. That's the end of the Tanaic source. Veha Tanya, but we have another Tanaic source. This one just over a line starts here, and it seems to indicate that uh, the halach is a little bit different. Uh, quote two words, Mechartihu La Antuchi. Um, it sold him to a Angelino. Uh, Yasa, the slave will go free. However, if it's clarified that this sale which took place of a slave uh, by a Jewish owner in Israel, oh, it's a um, it's an Angelino who is currently living in um, Tel Aviv or uh, Haifa or for that matter, Lod, lo Yasa, then the slave will not go free. So one thing that's pretty clear. It says if you sold it to an Angelino, the second snake source says the slave goes free, but the first snake source says no. So, Loikasha. Um, it very much depends on this person, what his status is as far as living in Israel, not living in Israel. Ha, where Shemam Leel said what he did, that Lo Yatza is because this guy from Los Angeles, the Israeli base of Eretz Israel, he actually has a house in Israel. So he's much more Kavua as uh, Israel, and the assumption is that he could probably keep the slave if he wants to in Israel. Whereas Ha, the little second Tanaic source, where we said the slave will go free, had ushpiza Israel. He doesn't actually have a house. He's currently staying. Ushpiza could be an inn or a hotel or some sort of temporary quarters, but there it's much more likely that that slave will be uh, taken out of Israel. Period. Boy of Ben Bavel Shanasa Ishabaritz Israel. Very common. You have somebody from Chutzlaritz. Or in this case, Chutzlaritz was Bavel. He married a girl in Israel, and he brings into her, in other words, into the marriage the, for the dowry, Avadim Ushvachais. Ooh, uh, hmm. What's going to be with that, those Avadim Ushvachais? Well, Da Toilach, so as far as he's concerned, they will be returning to Bavel Mahu. What do we say? Do we say that writing this into the dowry to the wife is kind of like uh, selling an evit to Chutzaretz since seems like the intention is to move back to Chutzaretz? Because um, we do know that a husband, as uh, regards to the assets that his wife owns, is considered a, uh, she is a loikeach, and uh, maybe you have to set the slave free, or maybe not. 
And the Gemara, before it even answers with a teku, says it would actually be a question of both opinions of another machlokas of, um, let's say there are other assets that the uh, woman brought into, uh, that the man brought into, or the woman brought into the relationship. That uh, she has the upper hand and wins the case. We'll see what the case is momentarily. And also I underlined here these uh, five words. Uh, it's a question within the approach that says normally that she uh, would win the case. Now, why do we say since she would win the case if it's assets that they're fighting about after they got divorced, um, that she would win the case, then the uh, slaves are sort of like they are hers. Oh, Dilmer, maybe. Since uh, normally if there's like land assets and those land assets um, uh, produce payrolls, produce, let's say, rent checks if they're apartments or literally uh, apples if they're apple trees, they're like they're his. Also, it would be a question also according to the approach that says in, in that sort of Mahlokas case that the husband would win. Why? Since we say that it's human, it's like they're his, or maybe not. Odoma, he hasn't actually acquired them. They're still like hers. So it would be a question, and either way you look at it, and well, either way you look at it, and so they take you, the uh, issue remains unresolved. Adkan.